Hey, it's Margot Tantau here, host of Windowsill Chats. I am so glad you're here. I have some tales to tell, some interesting stories to discover, and I'm glad you're here to do that with me. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. In the trenches, figuring out what the best way is to get something done, how to get something made, how to get your creative self noticed, how to make the best of a situation. And so I'm here to bring those stories to you and see if there's anything you can pull out from it. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet little corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. glad you're here. Today, I get to spend some time talking to my friend, Natalie Shepard. Natalie is a handmade brand consultant and owner of Studio Shepard. The cool thing about Natalie is she's a maker first, but she has the total business brain too. And she's done an amazing job of figuring out how to use both in her creative path. And the cool thing is that it helps the rest of us too. Natalie graduated at Oklahoma Baptist University with an art degree and an emphasis in weaving, and it's gorgeous weaving, if I might say so. After a few random jobs, she found herself landing a job on the ground floor of a local handmade startup company called Two Guys Bowties. She went from maker to operations manager there and was an integral part of growing and scaling them straight onto ABC's Shark Tank. Yep and they got a deal. She continued to become the marketing director for another handmade startup, Plank and Mill, and thoroughly enjoyed helping to scale this business as well, except this time she was much more involved in creative marketing. Because of this, she brings so much to the table. Her passion ultimately lies with makers and handmade brands, which led her to start Studio Shepherd and help makers bridge the gap between creator and CEO. She helps makers elevate their businesses into sought-after brands by connecting their products to a deeper mission and message, developing a business roadmap, conducive for scaling and marketing simply and strategically to reach the next level of success. I love what Natalie and I are able to talk about today because I feel like she brings all her experience and figured out a way to help makers and artists and illustrators and anybody really who's wanting to grow their business. Natalie sends clever, smart emails and I actually open them. So listen to a lot of her wonderful tips in our great chat. Welcome, Natalie. Hello. Okay. Hi. Thanks for thanks for jumping on. For sure. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm excited yeah. too. I think that um you make the most gorgeous thing. So just tell me a little bit about how you started into this and kind of how you took the paths you took. Because I, I think you're a perfect example of a maker that then we have to we have to pay the rent too. So you know. Right. Yeah. I'm forever figuring it's... that out. <laughs> 
<laughs> we, yeah, me too, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, I'll try not to do like a super long story, oh, but, um, <laughs> you know, I've always loved making things with my hands, um, being creative. I'm, you know, the stereotypical middle, wild, not wild, but more free spirited type. Um, but yet at the same time, I was always drawn to more, log- I don't know, I guess more calculated things. Like I liked math and science um, in school and stuff. So I thought, you know, as you all do when you're young, you say, okay, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, not that artist isn't a, or a maker of things. It's just not something that kids are like, they say, yeah, you can do that in art class, but not like, how do you even do that? Like, anyways, the rest of the story continues where I, um, I went to school to be a vet to be, I was pre-vet for two years. I love animals. I love, I have a passion for, um, you know, just rescuing animals and, you know, it's it just doesn't seem necessary for a lot of reasons to, um, to not support the, the local I shelters have, and things. But. I have at least three or four around <laughs> You do? Here, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have two. I think two is kind of a max for me. They're like big dogs. Um, but I love them. But anyway, so I, I ended up switching my sophomore year of college to major in art um, for a lot of different reasons. Just kind of discovering myself was probably one of the biggest ones. And just thinking about your future and, you know, realizing there's different options and possibilities. and I literally took the um, the list of degrees from my school. I went to Oklahoma Baptist University, and um, I went there primarily. I love the school, and I like the small atmosphere, but because I also played soccer there, cool. um, so that was really fun and uh, just was an amazing experience in itself. But I took the list, and I went through every single degree, skipping over art every single time just because it – you know, what are you going to do with that? You know, yeah. if I got all the questions, what do you do with that? And honestly, I didn't know. So, but thankfully with supportive family, I, and you know, just, I'm a person of faith and it just felt completely right. So awesome. Majored in art. Yes. It was the best two. I mean, two, I mean, I've had really great years, but those two years were amazing. I loved everything about it. My main focuses were um, weeding and ceramics um, and ceramics, just anything fiber arts, fiber goods is just speaks to my soul. Um, So anyways, I learned how to weave on a floor loom there. I did ceramics and then I realized once I graduated, didn't have a job, (laughs) was getting married in a month um, and just started out like, okay, so now, you know, now what? It was really a little bit of a shock of like, what, what do I do this? I don't really, I didn't want to be like a school teacher, which was, you go to be an, you know, an art teacher, yeah. which, is, which is great. Um, but that's just not my personality. That's interesting. Um, and then it's like, what do you curate in museums? Like that honestly doesn't interest me either. So I'm like, I honestly don't know what to do with this. Um, but I started just getting little, you know, jobs throughout the, I think I worked retail. I worked as a, at a vet receptionist. I can um, totally relate to this. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to use all of this, but um, yeah, it was just hopping. I, I did have one small connection. I did a visual display internship at Anthropology. Oh, um, yeah, the year before I graduated. So she, she was a way to make money creative yeah yeah I was 
I was thinking, oh, you know, like that is a position within this company. I didn't know like, you know, how, if, how it could grow or anything like that, but it was really cool. It was creative. It was using, you know, you know, something different every day type of thing. Um, but I ended up hooking up with that girl who was an interior designer as well. And so, you know, was basically an assistant for her just doing random things, painting nothing glamorous in the hot shop <laughs> that she worked in. Um, but she was really cool. She thought outside the box. Um, she was a very just kind of figure it out person, which, you know, is you learn a lot with that. And it might not be that much fun sometimes, but I learned a lot about just making things work, how to use power tools, all this kind of stuff, which I really enjoy doing. Just, just that fact of like, yeah. you can do it. You can do it yourself. You can figure it out. You can problem solve. I love problem solving. Um, I actually enjoy putting together IKEA furniture. So me too. <laughs> Those are such good experiences to put your or situations to put yourself in the middle of because if you can problem solve and if you can make if you can figure out how to put a piece of IKEA furniture together and problem yeah. solve and learn how to you know put paint on when it's hot or cold or any of those things, it's just, yeah. it goes a long way. Those are not things you put on your resume, but they're maybe even more valuable. Right. Yeah. And that's just kind of hopefully illustrating the path that I have been such a split right, left brain person um, mm -hmm. all along. And I know everybody's um, different, but I just, I really resonate with, um, I think I'm a little bit stronger on the, was it the right of the creativity just because that's where like my soul and my passion lives. Um, Whereas a lot of kind of maybe the mind work is on that left side. So basically from there, I, um, I think it, it was her um, connection from her that I got in on the ground floor of a startup handmade company. Um, they made wooden bow ties, two guys bow tie company. And it, I like, I literally started working for them in one of their houses, one of the owner's houses making bow ties. Nice. Um, and it was just so cool to see because it was, they would just started out like a month or two. They had got their own process. Like they had started the product and everything and they were selling it. Um, it was right before Christmas. So it was a decent amount of orders and just seeing like, okay, how do you make this strap? Like, let's try something new or I need to make, I don't know, make the, um, it, they're wooden. So they did, uh, they, cut them from a CNC and they sanded them and then they engraved them and they oiled them. And it, it's just like crazy to see how a production can get started for a product. Um, just to an be idea. Yeah. yeah. Just a spark. Um, and what was really cool about working for two guys bow ties, cause I went from maker to the manager, um, their first full-time employee within, I think it was like five months or so, like they were growing fast. Um, and then eventually just like basically overall operations. And what was really cool is that this was a, they had two owners. One was super serial entrepreneur type mm -hmm. marketing, you know, let's test, you know, get it out there, get to the world. And the other one was the like innovator designer visionary. And so it was just, I learned so much about this full, this was that type. a good combination. It, it was, but <laughs> they had their fair share of hard days and times. Um, yeah. 
and they wouldn't mind me sharing that, but because they know they did, but it was, they had, they worked through it. I mean, that's the main yeah, thing is that they that's kept another pushing learning. Forward. Oh yeah. Very, very opposite minds. Um, so in my head, it's a little bit easier because I'm one person and I feel like I have that same pull and I felt like a bridge for these two, um, these mm. two guys. But um, yeah, they definitely had to work through some of that stuff, but it just, I think, made for an even like more powerful handmade brand. Like we made the products completely in-house, like got the wood from big planks all the way down to in the packaging, shipped to your house. And that's what I feel like I didn't even realize I was learning while I was working there. Mm -hmm. um, how that we scaled from very beginnings, like first products to innovating additional products, um, you know, getting out there, marketing, creating this brand. Um, we did a lot with like athletes, like professional athletes, like NBA players and stuff like that. Eventually got it, getting us to the point where we – um, the, the, the two owners, they kind of did a split decision to try out for Shark Tank because um, they were having auditions. And cool. we got the next call, the next call, um, had to do a video um, explaining, you know, everything. And you have to be really charismatic and all this stuff. And you have to know your numbers. Like, it's not, I mean, it's legit. I mean, they will yeah. tear you apart if you don't know. And so that's what I thought was so cool is we made it to the show we got a deal with Damon John. Um, and it was just this hand, this small handmade brand. I mean, obviously we were doing things to reach, reach people and market ourselves and position ourselves and doing all the business stuff. But um, I think there was very few that made it. I was trying to look back on Shark Tank that were like a hundred percent in-house made products. Oh, that's um, a good point. Yeah. And so that's just another reason where it's like, I've, I feel like I'm taking this knowledge and I'm still extracting it like stuff that I learned that I didn't even think I was learning at the time being a part of that business and applying it to like handmade maker. I mean, makers that are people like me who I am love handwoven goods. I mean, it's a product. I think it's different. There's, um, I don't know. I mean, the thing is like business is all the same to mm -hmm. me. But the way we go about it is different. And a lot of times we don't have like super business minded or like business models or plans when we get started. No, <laughs> so. I think having both, you know, a sharp mind left and right side is I'm, I'm in complete admiration of that. I don't, <laughs> I can, I've learned it and I, I'm fascinated by it, but it doesn't come like math was never my strong suit, for example. Yeah. But I think when you have both like you do, um, some of my favorite people to work with in, in building a business have been those that can, you know, pivot fairly quickly and, and see what doing something will mean numbers wise and creatively, but have enough of the creative that they're willing to go for it, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's something that like, I don't think you have to have like, like yourself, I don't think you have to have this split, right, like brain left brain, I think, I don't know, I think it's like a, a mindset thing, a pos like knowing the possibilities, like, reflecting on things that you're doing and the way it makes you feel. Because now that I am working more with um, more, like solopreneur handmade businesses or, you know, 
uh, makers, even artisans. I mean, I love, you know, hand weavers and metalsmiths and woodworkers and all that kind of thing. Um, it's different because it's more about our, I mean, more an extension of ourselves. And I think a lot of times we look at business and we're like, oh, we have to make it like these big, bigger names and um, like the two guys bow ties. And one thing that I don't know if you're going to talk about now is that they, I mean, they're amazing and we're like family. And I've even told them this before. I struggled when, as I was learning more about business and marketing and just knowing my own creative self, I'm like, okay, so what do we want to do for our like about page? And what is our, let's, let's, you know, really define our why together. And, and they just weren't into that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I mean, I'm sure they have their own personal whys, but they, this was more, it was less of an extension of themselves and more, I think, experimenting and entrepreneurial, like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel, it wouldn't feel the same as if I was, when I was building my own handmade brand. Yeah. So it's coming, it was coming from a different place, coming, maybe coming, coming from a place of, of entrepreneurial opportunity, which is great. Other right. than a place of like, oh, I dream about, you know, doing this. And I always have kind of thing. Yeah, that's definitely it. I mean, because continuation of the story is they, they started another handmade company, um, which is what I transitioned into as the marketing director for the second company. And so completely different. I mean, they weren't, you know, crossing or anything, but um, went into there and learned like basically all learning on the on the fly <laughs> marketing I mean obviously so was that the other one you mentioned the um yes plank and wood. mill yeah which mm -hmm. is very cool product yeah no it was really cool and again like because you know they had this you know this another innovative idea they did everything in-house and they're still doing everything for both of these in-house um mm -hmm. you know not outsourcing and uh both I have a wood aspect for sure. Yeah. So that probably helps. But yeah, it was really in this, this company grew even quicker um, just because of the experience and, and knowing um, how they wanted to run it and hiring employees and, and things like that and scaling, basically scaling. And so that's something where I just, I know makers have a hard time thinking past, okay, once I run out of time mm -hmm. making my handmade good, mm -hmm. like I completely feel you handwoven products are completely slow to make. And it's like, the faster you can do it, like the closer you're getting to like machine, like you're basically from handmade to machine made. And yeah. we're in between there somewhere. Okay. And so, you know, because if you think about it, I'm like, okay, how can I make these faster? Well, if I had one of those looms that does the shuttle for me, you know, automatically, then I can make it faster. Or if I, you know, just more equipment, things like that. But I don't think that that's necessary to build a brand that's an extension of you that, yeah. that gets you the finances and the income that you want. Um, I think it's all about finding the right um, customers and making sure that your brand and your business is like something that you enjoy doing. <laughs> like we, let, yeah. we lose the love for our craft a lot of the time. And that's honestly a place I'm at right now. Uh, I think that's the <laughs> trickiest part is when you start to have a demand for your product. I've been there. 
um, then you have to figure out how to make them faster, easier. They become more refined and less, you know, quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily fun. I mean, it's fun to get a stack of orders, but then you have to make them all or hire somebody and all that. And I think that's where we, you know, it's how do you hold on to that heart space and move forward in a way that is still being kind of faithful to your to your own path. I love that you've seen two businesses. It also is kind of cool that they're the same people because that's just yeah. another dimension of watching companies grow. Um, I've had handmade companies that I've grown and then I've represented handmade. My, my business partner and I had a wholesale company, kind of long stories, but I made my own product. I burned out. It was little wire chairs and um, I made them all by hand. And that was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm done with this. <laughs> then I got some help, but then I don't know. It was just never, I was, I never set out saying, Oh, I'm going to make little wire chairs. It just, I was bored one day and the right person saw them and there was that. But um, then had retail and turned that into wholesale representing small makers, like maybe you're weaving where we would figure out how to get them into a store or a catalog. But my thing was always, how do you stay unique? How do you not look like the store next to you or the seller, you know, on Mm -hmm. Etsy or not Etsy, but you know, next to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to have, it's have be as unique as you can and not copy. So somebody would say to me, oh gosh, I can only make 60 of that. And I'd say, well, great. We'll make, we'll sell 60. And then they'd be in Sundance or something. But it's that balance right now that that was before the internet <laughs> so much. <laughs> yes. um, so it's, it's that like, I love that you've sorted out that you can really help makers find a way around and through this space and these issues. Like, I'd love to know more about how that's happening. Yeah, definitely. And I was actually thinking about that as you're talking, just because I feel like your story is just, I mean, it's the anthem Mm -hmm. of makers of like, I I made this thing and uh, people are interested. So I started selling it. And then we're like, we get, you know, a hundred orders down the road or however many. And we're like, wait, what am I doing? Um, Yeah. (laughs) And so I, I mean, I, I love that. I love that, you know, people are taking that leap of realizing like, Oh, people like my things, like having the, being able to see that, you know, the products that you make are worth money. Um, making sure we don't connect our own personal worth to that, I think is important, but, um, you know, making that leap. Um, so a lot of times when I start working with somebody or just even, um, helping people sort through things on just little chats and things is, okay, let's take a step back. And this is where my, my idea on branding, I don't really do colors and graphics or anything like that. Um, I think about, okay, right now in this moment in time, because I feel like we're always changing. Um, what, what do you see for your future and for your life, for your personal life and how your business fits into this. Because like you said, if you don't want to make a million wire things (laughs) for the rest of your life, then don't do it. You're never going to love that doing that. Um, And so obviously experimenting and trial and error is um, such good tools and lessons, but um, just sometimes stopping and thinking about, okay, so I have two kids and I don't want to have to worry about them pulling my handwoven strings through the heddles and everything that I just did and spending hours on end. Um, 
you know, weaving because it takes so much time. Um, that's not something that I'm actually focusing on for my brand right now. Um, so if that's not the case, so let's, let's do this in like as a maker perspective though. I had this client who she, um, through different circumstances, she's realized that she doesn't want to offer products um, like unlimited um, inventory, which I love this. And I think it's been working well with a lot of people because it's not, um, it's not being scarcity when you're like, okay, I only have 30 of these available. Mm -hmm. If that is how your life is going to be revolved around it. So she knows, okay, for these next three months, I am going to offer this and this and this. I'm going to have a seasonal product or I'm going to have um, just my standard stock items. I'm only going to offer however many of each one. And then when they're gone, they're gone. I will make them again or I won't make them again. That's obviously mm -hmm. figuring out your business plan and model part of it. But just realizing that like, okay, if you're getting stressed out by like orders coming in, if are you made, are they being made to order? Because that can really stress you mm -hmm. out. Um, are they being custom orders where you're not aligning with the person and what they're asking for, you know, that might not even be a good fit. I personally don't love custom orders because yeah. I want to be in control of what it is. Um, my favorite thing is small batches because I get bored of making the same thing. I'm ready to make a new product or design something else. I love designing. And so just asking yourself these questions, what do you love to do? What's your favorite product to make? What product do you hate making or, mm -hmm. you know, what do you, what do you cringe at? You know, some things we have to do like finances, but um, I don't think any of us like that. So <laughs> we have to, we do have to control those um, or at least look at them and know where they're at. But um, just starting to curate your brand around an extension of yourself and how you want your life to look. So like in, in a year or in two years, however long you want to look at it, what do you see yourself doing? How many hours a week do you want to be working? I'm not saying that you can do that right off the gate, but if the goal is to work 20 hours a week and make, you know, $70,000 a year or whatever it may be, yeah. I mean, I honestly think that could be more. It just, you're starting to curate your brand around the vision you have for your life. And um, yeah, and there's ways to do that. It's just a big puzzle in my mind that sounds pretty fun to put oh together. <laughs> you know, I can honestly say I never, well, when I was doing the wire chairs and several other things I've done along the way, I, I just would dive in. I don't think I ever thought about planning time, planning an income, planning how it would, you know, what I would even, when I would get sick of it. It was just mm -hmm. like, I just did so much for so long that I couldn't then ever look at it again. <laughs> you know, it was, yeah. But yeah. I love that then you, people can then learn from you through your experience and you did just the wisdom that you've gathered. Like, here's how I can help you do that. Here's how I can help you look at it. Here's tools we can work together um, towards getting you, you know, use those tools to, to get you where you want to be. And just the thought of saying, gosh, you could make 70,000 or, or, you know, what you want, here's where we can start and work backwards. And then it makes mm -hmm. sense. Cause if you add into the equation, how much time are you willing to spend on this? Or do you have to spend on this? That's such a good place to start. And just instead of like, go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard because I say this now because I've seen it. And so I just, I know though, the place of like, what do I even make or what? Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I know that beginning stage, but I think, I mean, I just hope that 
conversations like this and communities can help you skip and jump past a lot of the time and the errors and the trials that we've we've made and um, that we've seen. And, and it's, I just, I always hope though that you come back to alignment and like any person, any maker comes back into alignment every, I mean, I do this every almost Sunday, but every month or every couple months, because um, I think that's so important when there's the internet and so much noise mm -hmm. and so many new things. I'm one of those where things are shiny and I want to try them all and they all sound fun, but yet realistically that's going to not get me closer to my goals um, if I start hopping around too much. I think experimentation is key and important, but like with purpose and intention behind it is really going to get you to where you're wanting to go quicker. Um, like for example, with that, with the customer I was talking about when we were planning, she had her monthly goal as far as sales. And so it was just literally as simple as what products are you offering add how many of those up of how many you wanted to sell. And if you can reach that goal, like that's your inventory, like that's how many you have to make and how many you have to sell. Obviously there's more like, okay, make a little bit more in case you don't sell all of them. Um, or, or not like really create that supply and demand. Um, but yeah, that's just hopefully a little bit of a, a way to look at it yeah. to where it can seem simpler um, rather than just going out to the big wide internet and trying to sell your products. Well, and I think too, for me, it's always been, you know, I've wanted to several things, you know, I've wanted to teach more online. I've wanted, I've been thinking about a podcast for years and, and things like that. But a lot of the technical things that aren't like, here's how you weave or here's how you do a watercolor layered painting. It's finding a like-minded creative that's teaching us us how to do these things that we can go oh I see myself in that or oh that person's gonna get me I feel like mm -hmm. those are harder to find out there in the world of you know make it online yeah I have honestly because I'm fairly new to this whole coaching and consulting aspect um because I'm not gonna come and like teach somebody like oh these bigger businesses that had 15 plus employees, like, this is how we did it there. No, I'm going to come at it from the mind of, okay, I'm a hand weaver by myself with three hours a day to do something or whatever yeah. it may be. Um, and so, I mean, I hope that that is like a hope, a, a strength and something that people can find, I don't know, just um, feel more understood. Because like you said, like in, there's not that many makers that <clears throat> have focused on business in a way that's not like this is how like you said this is how you do it and then just run with it like I I don't feel like there's one framework for everybody um like I said I think business is business but the way you go about it as a maker is so mm -hmm. cool and fun um because you can do whatever the heck you want <laughs> um but it's I know that is hard to see when you're getting started and you're like, I just want to make, you know, my income or I just want to not, I mean, I don't know how many people are thinking about, I don't want to lose the love for yeah. my craft. Um, that's a big one for me. But just but those two things, those two things, I don't want to lose the love for my craft. And I'm, you know, I'm coming at it from a maker. That is so rare to hear in, in the space of 
consulting or learning more about how to get out there, it's like, oh, I'm a marketing person or I'm a business person and I can help you with these things. But just knowing that somebody might share a love for an aesthetic or a textile or a color of yarn or that just, I'm like, where are our people? You know, that's that's why I just think it's so, I'm sure there's people going, if people are listening, they're going, what, who is she? What, what does she do? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I've been honestly searching for more people. And I mean, I know there's so many resources out there, um, but I do think that it's a lot slimmer around like building a handmade business that or I mean, I like to call them brands because I feel like a brand is an extension of you, like building it the way you want on your own terms, the way you want to do it, the way you love to make your, your products. I mean, when it comes to marketing, I know that, I mean, there's the aspect of making sure you are serving your customers and you're bringing value to them. That's the most important thing. um, After the fact, after the brand vision that you have for your personal life and your business life. Um, so yeah, I I feel you. It's it's hard. I don't. Yeah, I think there needs to be more makers who have made it to start stepping out and like made it as in I guess are loving what they're doing and they're making the income they they want to. Um, it they don't have to be making a ton of money if they love what they're doing. Yeah. Um, they're making what they what they want to. Um, I just I just love opening that the eye like people's eyes to different possibilities and different ways of doing things. Um, if you want to make a million dollars, let's figure out a way to make a million dollars making your goods. That might include in hiring employees um, or unless you're like, but if somebody can help with that, then it's not so scary. I always yeah. stopped short of growing my product line. Cause I would, you know, I would close my eyes and see like oh, bubble wrap forklifts, you know, shipping, and be like, oh, no, yeah. I can't, I can't go there. But if I had had somebody say, that's not so bad. You focus on that. We'll hire somebody else. You know, obviously it's done every day. So I would love to know how your, oh. your vision of helping makers and a little bit about your own handmade goals too. Yeah. Um, so basically I just really feel on my heart and a desire and a passion to help elevate handmade makers and brands um to like I've been talking about see the possibilities to almost just like step into I don't know right now I'm thinking like the economy of imagining what the world would look like if us as makers who we create from our souls we are I think more so compassionate empathetic people if we stepped into owning our brands and our businesses, what that could bring to the world. First of all, what kind of impact that would be um, to obviously just bring joy through our products, but also the economic factor of building businesses with employees. Like there's ways of doing that um, to, to hire team members where it's not, doesn't feel like the bubble, bubble wrap forklift. Yeah. <laughs> um, it can feel like just a, like a loving family team, um, team aspect that is, just being able to reach more people is really just being able to, to ex- exponentially um, reach more people in the world. And so that's what I would love to see. And that's where kind of my heart is right now and taking what I've, with the knowledge that I've gained and my experience and my heart and my soul um, and merging all those together and um, 
but as far as my handwoven goods go, I have just been in the season of um, experimenting as far as continuing. Well, I've been in a season of making stuff for myself <laughs> because as makers, I feel like I honestly didn't even have like a single handwoven thing in my house because I had just yeah. made it for other people. And I think that was a rut that I had been in is just thinking about, okay, what's going to sell? What's going to sell? Um, and I wanted to get out of that mindset because I truly think that <laughs> brands are more successful when you're making for, I mean, for your customer, but for yourself ultimately, because usually you are your customer um, in a lot of cases. So um, I'm just, I've been able, felt privileged that I've been able to do that and take time to um, experiment and let myself do, be creative um, and design, but also even think for future goals of how I could um, maybe even have one of these, I guess, bigger, more hands-on deck brands. Um, like when you're talking about the, the different communities in like Guatemala and India, like that just sounds so cool to me to be able to, I mean, merge just the history behind weaving and the design and the aesthetic and bring it to where um, we're bringing obviously high quality products that will um, be around for forever, but also support um, communities that um, just, I don't feel like are represented well I enough. I love that so combination. That's like a, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's like a, Big dreams. You guys get to hear it um, first publicly because <laughs> I don't think I've ever said it out loud. Um, but also, um, yeah, I'm just really focusing on helping makers in this in this moment. Just I think the way that my life is running with having little kids at home, um, this just feels more right for me right now. And just while I, I mean, I don't know what it was. I just made this decision before the pandemic. Um, I had started working with people last fall, but really kind of kicked it into gear around April. Nice. So this has been really fun. We've gotten to work with a lot of um, different types of makers. And that's, that's what's so cool for me. It's not like one, you know, one type yeah, of the fun part. Um, handmade product. So do you work one-on-one? So, -on -one? Um, Tell me yeah. a little bit about how you're approaching your, your next um, sort of. Okay. Yeah vision for that my vision for i guess studio shepherd is my company name i don't even know if i said I that um, <laughs> yet but um, shepherd is my last name. studio is my so, name so we're um, just on the same wavelength that's awesome yes um so basically right now i just feel like i can impact makers the most with one-on-one -on -one. so i'm offering um if you just need like you have a question where you're like i just need some guidance. Um, I, I do sh like strategy calls, 60 minute strategy, strategy cars calls. Well, we will prep beforehand, um, so that we can make the absolute most of our time together. Um, so I can come with ideas and kind of get some of those puzzle pieces sorted out. Um, I also do like 30 days mentorships and three month mentorships. So this is really just depending on your need, um, how, what stage of business you're in, we go, we can go over obviously anything. It's very customizable, but 
like I said, um, I really, I start with that brand name, that vision, that the goals, the um, gaining clarity, gaining direction, just because I think that's the most important first step. Um, and then we move into um, just marketing, how to find your ideal clients and how to position yourself, increase traffic, um, just all the strategies, tactics on that kind of thing. Um, and then also like scaling um, using systems, like I mentioned, like with Two Guys Bow Ties and Blank and Mail both, um, just like how do you streamline things? How do you automate stuff that can be automated without losing that like unique touch? Um, if you're wanting to scale to team members, like how do you go about that? Getting your first hires, what tasks are they going to do? Um, just time blocking, batching things. Systems, I think, is what a lot of us don't realize mm -hmm. we need. <laughs> but can make a big dis difference to regain our time, which I feel like is our most precious commodity. So you're, you're like a secret yeah. weapon. I mean, those, those <laughs> things I can imagine starting out and, or, you know, being a maker and saying, Oh gosh, I need help just figuring out how to get in front of the right people and then growing, growing and mm -hmm. coming back to you in, you know, six months, a year, two years saying, Oh my gosh, I've grown so much. Now I'm at this stage and you, you know, so much you can say well okay here's what you need like i can just see that in and out of of a working relationship being so valuable with all you've done yeah well thank you i honestly haven't really thought about it like that but that's kind of probably some of the stuff that i've been it's been hard for me because i you know i i definitely resonate with the with the makers that are have decided like i like people who have decided that they want to make this mm -hmm. a thing and make this work um, and be a business, but yet kind of that's where they're at. And they're just like, uh, you know, there's so many opportunities and so many tasks and things to do. Um, but yet at the same time, and like scaling is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun to talk about and to think about and that impact and just the, you know, like I said, the ex exponential reach that you can have to impact other people, I think it's is so exciting um, too. Just when, to, when you start to yeah. see your product out there or watch somebody walk up to it and know that they want it for themselves or their store or however that works. I mean, it's interesting. Hadn't really thought about this until you started talking, but when I had my, when we had our repping group um, relish and we represented small makers, I, I would love it if they were already making something like maybe they'd done a street fair or a craft show or had an Etsy site. Then they had mm -hmm. kind of figured out the initial steps to pricing something or making it more than once, that kind of thing. So then we would take them mm -hmm. in and sell it wholesale or help them with that wholesale thing. But we weren't entering into their business head. You know, we were just saying here, we can help you find mm -hmm. your customer. So that was our, our part of it. And I mean, there was some business part, but I hadn't, I didn't have that same experience that you do. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's, there's so many avenues to go with that. And I, you know, I hear about your weaving and that's where, you know, that's where my experience comes in because after I had a rep group and felt like I didn't know enough about how to um, manufacture product, that's when I thought, well, I'm going to go work for some companies that are manufacturing products. So, cause I don't, I don't know how to do all that myself. So then that was years of China and India and, and, various places where you know we feel like it's all made by a machine but it's actually all made by hand just by on a different continent and by yeah you know people that are getting paid differently than we would here um 
So India, mm-hmm. for weaving your fabric ideas or the whole ideas about that printing or weaving or anything, just let me know. Mm-hmm. I have people for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely, I have been like searching for people. Like I, I take notes and like when I see something so that I can have it. But I mean, I think you're going to be my, um, my number one person to turn to. Oh, it's that. so fun. That's the whole reason I, I wanted to start this podcast is just to have like work things out together, you know, connect people yeah. and share what we're going through instead of like, Oh, this is how I succeeded. All you have to do is, you know, no like and trust. It's like, yeah, it's not about that. It's about, <laughs> you know, so many of us are doing one thing so we can, you know, still do that thing we love or, or whatever that looks like. But yeah. I just love, um, I feel like we need to have more and more conversations because we, we <laughs> intersect our interests, interests intersect in a way that, um, makes a whole lot of sense for hopefully a lot of people. Yeah, no, I definitely I do too. I probably could talk about all this stuff for days. And, um, and I, and that's the thing is a lot of times we, you know, I mean, it seems like it can be so much, but like, I want to, I mean, I do want to make it simple because I don't think business has to be so complex and I don't think you have to have warm, warm leads and cold customers and all this different stuff. Like who it's made up that stuff anyway? All, I mean, you know, I was just reading an article about the no like and trust factor. That's what you, and she was like, who made that up? Like, so no, that you just have to, you just have to go for it. What if, you know, if you, if right. you waited to know, like, and trust a copywriter, you would never have any copy. You have to just go with somebody <laughs> that you feel like might have the experience that you're looking for. I don't, I don't know. Which is like, right. Oh, I never thought about it. But yeah. Somebody told me that was important. I know. And you know, I don't know. That's so true. I know it's, and I think, I mean, it's hard because yeah, we, there's, there's term, there's all the term terminology and I think it's, and tactics and strategies, which some, I mean, some of the things like, you know, I get excited yeah. about, but that's not what I started. Right. And I, I think <laughs> I mean, that's not. maybe this was similar for you, but for me, like, I just wondered what the heck, how do I package my experience, my years and years of experience? Who wants to know that? Or what do they want to know? And when you, when you think about it from what you've done and how you started from, you know, weaving in ceramics in school and helping somebody that helped you find the next person and just helping them build their business. It's just like, Oh, that is absolutely a gold mine of information. When you stop and think about it, we think the things we know are just the things we know, but actually other people need those. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's a big part of just building a brand is like, nobody has your story. Like, I think that, I mean, that's basically, that's just my Mm -hmm. story, which I didn't even realize was a story until I started digging into it. We forget like everything that we've been through and, and how that can be. I mean, you obviously don't have to put all your personal stuff on display for a brand, but we forget how that's what makes us unique. I mean, obviously having unique products and being creative and like trying not, I mean, get into the comparison copycat game. Um, keeping blinders on is important um, in some aspects, but really it's, it's you and your story and, and letting that come out through your, the goods that you're making. Yeah. Um, and really if you do that, if, if you even just put that on a post-it note at your desk or your computer, it's like, are you living your story? Like reminding yourself. Cause I think when you're trying to build something and, anything you're like, 
oh, I should be doing it this way or I should be doing that way. And then it, it starts to separate from what, what feels right. So I think that's a, a really good tip. It's like, what are you, are you living it? Are you being true to it? Oh yeah. I mean, I didn't touch on this as much earlier, but I, I mean, when I, as I was working for these companies, I was also making things, um, doing my side biz or hustle, mm -hmm. however you want to say it. I don't really think we should have to hustle, <laughs> but, um, I would, I would, um, I started cause I didn't have a floor loom. I started with a frame loom because that was kind of the thing if you're a weaver. And then I realized that I don't like that. I didn't like doing it. And it's like, that's why I love the alignment. Like just coming back to alignment, like asking yourself, okay, do I enjoy this? Like you tried something new or you did something different, like reflect on it because that's what I did. I, I did that for a while. I did frame loom and then I was like, okay, this isn't what I want to do. I got into macrame that started getting big and I did a lot of macrame, which I still love these crafts. I love fiber arts, but I was like, no, I, I really, I was doing macrame after I had a floor loom, which was like, okay, what am I doing? Like, like I love weaving. It's where I want to be at. I just didn't know how to do it. Um, and then when I finally started doing handwoven goods, I started focusing on, okay, what are people mm -hmm. going to buy? And I'm like, no, this, yeah. and then it just, it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Um, and so honestly, I'm still, I'm still obviously sorting it out. I think it's always a journey, but like we can get closer and more refined and it's going to feel more like ourselves and, and what we're meant to do in the oh, world. That's perfect. And if there's a little somebody sitting <laughs> okay. on your shoulder helping you remember that, it's even better. <laughs> I <know. laughs> yes. I mean, it's honestly sometimes just asking the right questions and prompting the right things that, I mean, I have my own coaches yeah. that are doing those things yeah. for me where I'm like, Oh gosh, they're just helping me stay a little bit more on the straight um, of what is true to myself and what is going to serve. Yeah. You know, I, I really, makers, I, the best. <laughs> I, I think it took me so long to have the aha that no, you, you're not really supposed to just take another class to learn how to do that yourself. You can learn how, but then maybe use mm -hmm. that money you might've spent for that to <laughs> hire somebody to do it or help you figure <laughs> it out instead of like just circular, yes. like, Oh, I don't know if I can figure this out. So that's, don't get another freebie <laughs> except for mine. Except for yours. Where, so how can, how and where do people find you? Okay. So I, uh, my website is www.studioshepherd.com. Um, that's shepherd, S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Um, I am on Instagram at studio underscore shepherd. That is where I hang out the most. Um, and I did just release a, um, a free resource Excellent. for makers. Um, it is free 12 email templates. Um, honestly, because as we're coming into this last half of the year, um, it's where we make the most of our sales. And I just know that email marketing is the best first step into, um, just having a sustainable business built on your own terms on your own land. Um, so I made this resource so that you could get started easily, not have to worry about it. It's written from a maker perspective based on years of experience of doing email marketing. Um, but I want you to have it regardless of um, what, what you have going on because you can um, always come oh, back to it and use those templates for the future. So I saw that last um, night. I was like, I oh, hope it I'm is. raising my hand for that. <laughs> 
Yes, no, I, I hope that it, it was a little bit of a labor of love, but I just, I, I don't want that to be another yeah. stressor for this season because I know we're busy actually making things. Um, so that is at um, my website and on my Instagram that bio. That is such a great one. I mean, I writing things really stops me. I, I know a lot of creatives are excellent mm -hmm. writers too, but that's my one of my biggest procrastinations is, you know, I have the stuff if I could just write the emails to tell people I have the stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's all in our heads because yeah, we think we should be writing it, writing a certain way mm -hmm. or, you know, we should be selling like without, I mean, but we, we all hate selling. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it should feel right. like selling. It should just be honestly letting people see the value that you're bringing to their life. And so I wrote it hopefully very simply. Um, so you can see that if you're writing more emails for yourself, that it doesn't have to be fluffy. It doesn't have to sound like anything crazy. It's just more heartfelt, more personal and, um, and quick and easy. Emails don't have to be oh my super gosh. long. You guys ru rush over <laughs> to studioshepherd.com and get that freebie. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so you. exciting. I always love to ask who are three people that inspire you now or have inspired you because then we can pop that in the show notes and everybody can kind of spread the creative love around yes yeah, so i like i said i'm i love i love brands that are making impacts in the world and i also love like individual makers um who are just sharing their creativity so um some of my favorite brands are um wild bird which is actually a ring ring sling for mm -hmm. baby carrier. So this is more of a brand that I have followed for a long time because I have kids. Um, they make an exceptional product and they're completely transparent about their process um, and how they make it. And they use for a lot of the sewing features, they, um, they outsource this to like mom and daughters, Love seamstresses that. across the country. So um, that's a really cool one. I really love fiber artists like Wendy Chin and Sally England. They just are like, they're more of the conceptual artists where I don't feel like I have as much conceptual energy. Um, but I just love how they just go, go with it. They dream big and they just do it. They do these mm -hmm. massive installations and it's just, they're fun, fun to see and really cool I to love see. That. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll get that information from you and we'll pop it in the show notes. This is such a, a topic that I, I have real um, passion for how to move people forward. That's really, that's my most passionate thing is, is getting artists further than they knew they could get themselves. And because people mm -hmm. have done that for me. And I feel like if we can, you know, start to find out who those of us who are trying to do that, I feel like um, I don't know a whole lot. So that's, that's why it was like, oh, we have to talk right away. <laughs> Yes. I mean, and that's, that's honestly, and, and it's hard because I feel like there are a lot of, and I, I'm just going to say it like Etsy mm -hmm. people where I think Etsy is a great platform, but I don't think your business should be built on Etsy because right. you don't own it. And I think it's like this whole industry of, you know, coaches and, and if that's your thing, that's fine, but that's not who I would you know, I'm talking to when I talk about branding and marketing and systems and stuff, I'm talking to the person who's the decided yeah. maker who knows that they are, they're wanting um, to build their own. Well, thing. That's, so that's, that's another good point of coming to you for um, a bit of a consultation is like, here's how you set it up on your own. You don't have to go the, mm -hmm. the known larger route. Here's how 
here's how you set it up on your own. Those are, I'm sure, things that you could help people with. Yeah, because you can do both. I mean, we sold sure. on Etsy, but that was Part like a secondary platform. I know yeah, a lot of makers so. that have grown huge on Etsy and until and didn't stop to say like, then what? And then moving, moving right. to a, a different platform is when you've really grown substantially is a whole, yeah. it's a whole tricky thing, but. But uh, yeah, it's tough because all your traffic's going to Etsy rather than your website. <laughs> so that's why I think email marketing is, is key in, in doing that and um, building your, your own brand yeah. on your own land. So, Oh, I should just tag that. Build your own brand. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you have to do that right away. It, here it's, it's recorded. Awesome. So <laughs> you can get your trademark. We have proof. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. do. Awesome. Well, thank you. And I'd love to talk to you again soon. Hey, thanks so much for being here with me today. I just love these conversations. They mean the world to me. I love being able to share with you these wonderful people that I have met along the way. They mean so much. So if you want to check out the show notes or my favorites or anything like that, head on over to tantostudio.com. And I'll have everything there, all the details that we've talked about today. So again, thanks so much for being here and feel free to head over to wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple or Spotify, and leave a review for Windowsill Chats and subscribe. I will see you next week. I so appreciate you lovelies. Thanks for being here.